Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. I'm so excited to be here today. Amen. It's great to have you here today with us as we dive into the Bible and get into the truths that really matter. Of course, the Bible is full of truths that really matter. And um, I just enjoy being here. I hope you do too. I hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful week. And Lord knows the time is near, amen, where he's going to take us home. But until that time, we're diving into his word, studying to show ourselves approved unto God, uh, not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And here we are looking, uh, this is going to be a three-part series here on looking at the deliverance of David. You know, David dealt with many very trying situations. But there were three near-death situations that we're going to focus on here this week at KJV Cafe. And from the outside looking in, it would have been the end of David's life, King David's life. But God showed up and delivered David each and every time. And what can we learn from these situations about the character of our God? You know, we know that King David wrote many of the Psalms that we read, amen, uh, king David was a mighty king, amen. We learn a lot about him in 1 Samuel. And we see that he was a person just like you and I are. He was a real person. He had real attributes. Um, he wasn't perfect, amen, far from it. And out of the deliverance that came from God came incredible poetry, incredible praise to God, and came... Um, in, uh, incredible stories of God's faithfulness, true historical stories of God's faithfulness. And, and when we can see that in our own lives, that when we face battles and struggles, oh, how God himself can deliver us from those, and only God can do it. And the more that we say, Lord, only you can do it, the more he'll show up and do it. Amen. Conversely, the more we try to do things in our own flesh, and our own will, the worse it'll get. So we need to just turn it over and give it to God. Amen. One example of this, probably the most famous, is David and Goliath. I'm going to read a little bit from 1 Samuel 17. And uh, for time's sake, I'm going to read a few passages, and then I may skip a little. But it's all in 1 Samuel 17. And I encourage you, if you have time, pick up the Bible and read 1 Samuel 17. You'll get a blessing from it. I'm going to start in verse 3 here of 1 Samuel 17. And we'll go down to verse 14 to start here. Uh, verse Starting in verse. 3. Verse 3 of 1 Samuel 17. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had graves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. 
and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Okay, so first, you know, in the first four verses that, that I've just read here, First uh, Samuel seventeen three through seven. What are you seeing? You're seeing the portrayal of an individual that would be hard to defeat by even the mightiest soldier's standard. And so you see the scripture. Think of the real estate in scripture. Think about using a highlighter and highlighting how many verses are focusing on how um, unbelievably hard it would be to conquer this individual. Verse 8, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man from you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And so here Saul... Um, Goliath is laying out the uh, a, a, a proposition to the armies of Israel who were led by King Saul at that time. And, and, and clearly it says, actually, it actually says this, I defy the armies of Israel. And now we see Goliath taking this battle, not just against um, David or against uh, Saul's army, but against the God of Israel, the army of Israel. You know, God in the Bible is called the Lord of hosts. And if you research that, the Lord of hosts mean means like the Lord of armies. And so God truly is the Lord of hosts, and his army, his people, his chosen people, are the Israelis here. And so we know now that Goliath is digging himself a little bit of a hole. This is becoming not just a physical battle, but now this is dealing with the spiritual. When Saul and Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Sometimes we think that fear is unnatural or we're weak if we have fear or being dismayed is unnatural or we're weak if we're dismayed. Here, the great King Saul and these armies, remember at that time, were, were uh, strong. They were dismayed. Verse 12, now David was the son of the Ephraimite of Benjamin Judah, whose name was Jesse. So David's the son of Jesse, and he had eight sons. Jesse had eight sons. And the man went among men of, for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons, sons that went to battle were Elab, the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shamna. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. So we see here that David was the youngest, helping us understand in the pecking order of things, David was least. So let's move a little bit further down here to verse 23 of 1 Samuel 17. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. So now David is there hearing what Goliath is saying. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and he will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And so we see the stakes now are very high. If anyone could defeat uh, this giant, it would be an, a massive thing. It would be such a big deal. The king would give his daughter away. That would, now you're going to be in the kingly line. You know, it's incredible to think that. 
And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And so we see here in verse 26 of 1 Samuel 17 that David is now identifying this spiritual battle, saying this is bigger than them just insulting us. This individual is insulting the living God. Verse 27, and the people answered him after this manner, saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Elab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Elab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? See, so even David's own brother is putting him down and doubting him. And when we face battles, oftentimes even our own family will doubt us and put us down. Verse 30, and he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So here David's telling Saul, I'll do it. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. So we see here in verse 33 of 1 Samuel 17 that Saul is using the logical mind. Uh, He's using his intellect to look at David and say, you're no match for this massive giant that's been described here in earlier verses. You're going to die. You're going to get slaughtered, right? And then David starts talking about how God prepared him. Verse 34, and David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and I smote him and delivered it out of uh, his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. And let's look at verse 37. Verse 37 shows the point of this. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. And so remarkable things God had done to prepare David for this battle, God would do. And David had faith and believed. And so we see here so many lessons. And of course, you know that David got those smooth stones and, uh, David hit uh, Goliath in the middle of the forehead, but it really wasn't David. It was God through David that killed that giant. And David cut his head off. Amen. And David, from that point on, became very notable and eventually would become king. And so we see so much from this that God delivered David. I mean, clearly, thinking of this logically, David was a dead man walking. He was going to face this giant who was going to obliterate him, okay? Um, Understanding just the dynamics of strength and ability and violence and all these things, David was no match. But God was able to use David because David had faith. And God delivered David because David had faith in God alone. David wasn't calling upon his own abilities for deliverance. He was calling upon God. And he was saying, God will deliver me. And so David's faith grew when he was delivered by God. And he gave God the glory prior to even being delivered by saying, hey, God's going to deliver me. Throughout the Bible, uh, Daniel in the lion's den and all the other occurrences, When there is great faith exhibited, that faith happens typically before, without seeing, so to speak, right? Before 
God delivers. So you have great faith, God delivers, and then, oh, what an amazing story. What an amazing, rich inspiration for us to take. And as we saw, that there were many that doubted. King Saul doubted. Uh, his brothers doubted. Surely everyone pretty much doubted David, but David didn't doubt because he believed in God. How can we expect deliverance if we don't have faith in God? How can we expect a real and true living God to deliver us if we don't believe that he's real, true, and living, right? God uses unlikely people, small, ready face, no experience in battle. Godly deliverance does not rely on logical circumstances. And so whatever situation you're in today, trust God to deliver you from it. Thank him in advance for what he's going to do. Believe that he has the power, because he does, believe that he has the power to deliver you from that giant in your life. And think back on the lion and bear that you faced in the past that God himself has delivered you from. And remember on that and think on that and say, God, you've done it before and you're going to do it again. And I thank you in advance for how you're going to do it. And I will give you all the honor and praise when you do it. And Lord, until that time, I will stay in the heat of the battle. I will not run from this giant. I will face this giant because I know, God, you will deliver me as you delivered David. I've got news for you. The same God that delivered David then is the same God that's living today. Amen. The same God that gave David the victory. Amen. And David in turn gave God the glory is the same God that will give you the victory. And in turn, you can give him the glory. But it all comes down to faith. Now, of course, there's other lessons in here, obedience, courage, and so forth. But at the end of the day, it relies on believing that God is who he says he is and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, as Hebrews eleven six tells us. We must believe that God is real. Do you believe he's real today? If you do, shout amen, thank him and praise him, and turn to that living God, his arm. The Bible says, God says himself in the Bible, is my arm shortened? Is my hand not able? To paraphrase, God is able. His arm is not shortened. His hand is able. His strength is unbelievable and unmeasurable. And he can deliver you from whatever trial you're facing here today. He delivered David and he will deliver you if you believe on him. Thank you so much. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.